0: Preach, you good to go? I'm ready whenever you're ready.
1: Elliot, today on the podcast, and welcome to it, 32 Thoughts from Vegas, by the way, NHL Players Tour. More on that in a moment. We're going to start the podcast off with an announcement. Tease this on the podcast we released a couple of days ago, 32 Thoughts, your favorite podcast, is going on tour in association with our friends at Boston Pizza. We'll be be on the road, Elliot. It seems like you and I have been on the road with Hamill now for about uh, two months. Three months? How long has it felt?
0: We're a thruple.
1: We're a thruple. And we're going back out on the road. 32tour.com is the website. Here are the dates. These are all at Boston Pizza locations. It kicks off Thursday, September 22nd. We are in London uh, we are in London Knights country. Uh, Friday the 23rd, we will be in Markham, home of the Royals, Stu Hyman's team. Mm. Try to throw a little f- hockey flavor puck here with all these. Monday the 26th, we are in Kitchener. By the way, here's an insider scoop for you, Friege. Uh, Philip Mazar, who is a Montreal Canadiens' second first-round pick. Look for him to join the Kitchener mm. Rangers after Montreal training camp.
0: Scoop! What, you're saying is not going to make the Canadians?
1: Uh, Well, I know they're a young building team, but uh, there's going to be a lot of young kids on this team, however. And, you know, many wonder if they have the inside track on the Memorial Cup for 2024. Tuesday, the 27th, we will be in Kingston, home of the Frontenacs. Noted Frontenac Anthony Stewart will be there with us on the 29th. We will be in Trenton, home of... Okay, I'm going to do a list here. I'm going to leave one person out. I'm going to see if you get this person because, and here's the hint, they're a colleague of ours at Sportsnet. Okay, Trenton. We think of hockey players like Mel Bridgman, former first overall draft pick. Yeah. We think of George Ferguson. We think of Jana Hefford. Is there anyone else that comes to mind? Maybe someone who does Vancouver Canucks broadcast. Maybe one of our favorite goaltenders. Maybe. Johnny the- Garrett's from Trenton? Born in Trenton. Wow, I didn't know that. That's right, our man Cheech. They love ketchup in
0: Trenton, I should have known.
1: They do, finger foods all around. Uh, Trenton, the home of the Golden Hawks, OJHL squad, and of course CFB Trenton, which we will uh, always mention, Canadian Forces Base there. October 2nd, we will be in Peterborough. So on the way over here, I am i don't know how many times I've read this book. It's one of my favorite hockey books to read, certainly on flights, because it's like a stream of consciousness hockey book written by a really smart hockey writer by the name of Stephen Smith. The book is called Puckstruck. And in there, he's from Peterborough. And one line that always stuck with me, and I've always tried to find a place for it in a podcast or on TV or wherever, and now it'll find its rightful home here on the podcast. There's a great line where Stephen says, Peterborough is a hockey word. And I thought about that, and I can't think of anything that I associate with Peterborough closer than hockey. Whether it's the Peets, whether it's people like Greg Millen or Bob Ganey or or Take Your Pick. Or Gary Lawless. Or Gary Lawless, that's right. Noted former Peterborough Pete reporter. I think of Peterborough as hockey country. And we're going there. And then we'll wrap it up on the 6th of October in Hamilton. Hamilton, we think of the 87. Uh, Canada Cup, we'll think old school junior, Finn Cups. Now we'll think of the Bulldogs. Former Calder Cup champions. I think it's Steve Steos mm-hmm. there with uh, with Hamilton. Uh, the last finishing school before the NHL for Mason McTavish. That's the tour, folks. London, Markham, Kitchener, Kingston, Trenton, Peterborough, and Hamilton. 32tour.com is the website. Well,
0: we're looking forward to it. And I uh, want to thank Boston Pizza for yes. sponsoring it. I uh, want to thank all of you in advance who buy tickets to come. We're looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to have some guests. Some of our coworkers are going to be there. Uh, some alumni and some local people who are, are going to be there. We're really looking forward to it. We uh, we're we're very lucky, both the podcast and Sportsnet to have a lot of loyal fans. And uh, we're looking forward to coming to you.
1: We very much are. So uh, check out the website, 32tour.com, for more information.
0: And I really am looking forward to chicken wings. I love chicken wings.
1: (laughs) They have vegan options, by the way, at Boston Pizza. Well, then you can have Listen, I I live in Stouffville. So I'm at the Boston Pizza at 48. Keith Acton, shout out. It's Keith Acton's uh, uh, Boston Pizza on 48 in Maine there in Stouffville. So shout out. Woody, Uh, coming up on the podcast, we're going to play a couple of clips. From an interview we recently did with Steve Mayer, who is the Executive VP and Chief Content Officer for the NHL. We'll play a couple of these in a few moments, but we got a lot of news to catch up Well, on. Let,
0: let's make it quick because this is a tight edit for Amal. Yeah. This is going to be quicker than some of our more recent pods. We've got to go blow through them because... It's a packed schedule here in Vegas, and Amal wants to go see Aerosmith on Wednesday night. So
1: Amal's under the impression he's going to Aerosmith tonight? No, because Jeffy's going Broadway. (laughs) Um, All right, let's talk about Jordan Kairou. The deal is eight years, $65 million. It is the Robert Thomas deal, and it seemed like just yesterday, as we're in a junior hockey mood, talking about our tour coming up, that I used to watch him play with the Sarnia Sting on a line with Nikita Karestalev. There's a blast from the past. And Pavel Zaka. That was the line in Sarnia. Now he's $65 million richer, Elliot.
0: I think this was a deal that heated up over the last little while. When the news got out that Cairo was going to be signing for the same uh, number as Thomas approximately, there was a little bit of surprise. I, I think people understood why that happened with Thomas. I think they were a little more surprised it happened with Cairo. And, uh, you know, one of the things I really believe that's happened, Jeff, over the past couple of weeks and months, and we've talked about this, is that I think the what happened to Calgary has affected business all around the league. Mm. And that, you know, you look at Johnny Goudreau's saying yes and then saying no, and you look at Matthew Kachuk saying, hey, you know, you can keep me, but I'm not signing long term. And I think there's a number of teams that looked at this and said, look, we got to get control over our players. And... Look, we've seen it in Buffalo. Yep. Now we're seeing it in St. Louis. And I know I've made this point several times, but the more people I talk to around the league, we saw it with JT Miller. You know, the more I talk to people around the league, the more I I hear that players made it very clear this summer that they will wield their power. If they see they have it, they will wield it. And especially in Goudreau's case, you don't want to get caught into a situation where a player – Waivers and you lose, and you know I, I think Cairo's agents, uh, Jeff Jackson, and Dave Gagne, they saw the market, they saw what was happening, and they said to St. Louis, if you want to do this, this is what it's going to be. And you know what's interesting? I, I I had some interesting reaction to it. Like some guys said to me, it is very clear that the Blues is an organization believe in kairu that's number one but number two kairu and coach craig berube they've butted heads in the past yep. you know if, if you take a look at last year Cairou's points per minute number was among the best in the nhl he didn't play a ton but he produced i don't want anyone to say that i think that craig berube is necessarily wrong what i think it says is is that craig berube has a certain way he wants you to play, and if you don't play that way, you're not going to play for him. And what the St. Louis Blues have said is, Craig, you got to make this work because this is our guy for a long time at a big number, and you may not always have liked his game, but we're committed to him. So you have to find a way to make it work.
1: And he brings an element to the game that the St. Louis Blues, well, this version of the St. Louis Blues hasn't really had, and that is speed. It was a great summer, by the way, for the Kairou family. Yeah. Not just the uh, the contract now for, for Jordan Cairo, but Christian Kairou, defenseman, uh, drafted in the second round by the Dallas Stars. So what is next then for the St. Louis Blues? Is business done? Do you put your feet up if you're Doug Armstrong, or do you still have more business?
0: Well, Doug Armstrong met with the media on Wednesday, and uh, he didn't give a lot away. That's kind of typical of him. I I don't think anybody would have expected it to be any other way. I do think they will take a run at Ryan O'Reilly. What I don't know is Ryan O'Reilly is going to be 32. Now, the one thing about Ryan O'Reilly is he takes care of himself. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. It's very clear that the Blues said at this point in time their priorities were Thomas and Cairo before O'Reilly. They got those deals done. The last time the Blues had a major free agent cornerstone player, he ended up in Vegas, Petrangelo. So Armstrong's not afraid to grind. He's represented by Newport, O'Reilly, which is the same organization or agency that had Petrangelo. So they'll expect to grind. I think it's going to be a fascinating negotiation because he's still a great player. It's just, you know, the age is, mm-hmm. it's a bigger number. But I do think St. Louis will take a run at him to see if they can avoid, you know, the kind of the situation, the way it played out in Petrangelo. We'll see. I The big one here is going to be term. You know, St. Louis was very careful with David Perron who was older than O'Reilly, but they were not willing to do a ton of term there. So I think that's the big question here, is what term are they willing to do for O'Reilly, and will he consider that acceptable?
1: What does the Nazim Kadri deal, if anything, do then to a Ryan O'Reilly negotiation?
0: I don't know if I can see St. Louis doing that.
1: If you're Ryan O'Reilly.
0: Look, if Ryan O'Reilly has a great year this year, and there's no reason to assume that he won't, He's going to say, that's my market.
1: So we just want to fire through a few players here and their futures so Amel can get this put to bed and go see Aerosmith tonight as he nods. Jeff, come on, come on. Yeah. Bo Horvat met with and, the media. You know, just, uh, you know, obviously I, I want to be a Vancouver Canuck and I want to stay here and I love our group. My wife and I love the city. Um, you know, it's it's kind of, if, if, I, if I wanted to play for one team for my whole career, it'd be a, the Vancouver Canucks. So... Um, obviously, it's a, uh, a long process, and and uh, we'll see where it goes.
0: You surprised at all if someone had said at the end of last season we will be back? We've
1: talked a lot about mm-hmm. Bo Horvat's future. What's the latest?
0: Well, I thought it was really interesting. First of all, Horvat said, "I'm going to be here all year," and that says to me that he's got in his mindset that they're going to have a big year, and he's going to have a big year. And that's what a captain should say. To me, that is Bo Horvat saying, you're not going to be able to trade me at the deadline because, A, I think we're going to be too good, and B, I'm going to be having a monster season that's key to this team being very good. So I thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting that he admitted that the conversations had been tougher than he expected. I think the thing to remember there is that what, what did Vancouver show us this summer? Like, I always think the surest predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And Vancouver this year showed us that they can talk a big game about what they're not going to do. But when the moment came down to it, they did it. So if I'm Bo Horvat, I'm thinking that just because they're saying no to me right now, it doesn't mean they're not going to turn around and saying yes to me later. I think the other thing that that makes it wonder is that if Bo Horvat is not signed by the deadline— I think you have to assume at this point in time, and I still think the Canucks are going to get this guy signed. It just doesn't make any sense to me to let it go the other way. What about the
1: chill that's gone through all these GMs we keep hearing about?
0: I I still think they're going to get him signed, but what that says to me is he's not thinking about signing with another team before free agency. Like It's either the Canucks or he tests the market. It's not him getting traded and saying, unless someone throws a huge deal at him, uh, I'm going to sign there. But what's Vancouver showed me at the end of the day, if they want to get a guy signed, Mm -hmm. they get him signed.
1: And there's no need to worry. There's only 31 other teams that would want him.
0: That's right. And it's (laughs) Vancouver and they never worry about this stuff early.
1: Uh, Jason Robertson, watch. Are we going to do this every single week? Maybe, probably, but here we are. Another week goes by and... No Robertson deal.
0: I think these deals for Cairo have pushed Robertson's number higher. Like, if Cairo's worth...
1: Stutzula started it. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, you know how I feel. If you have a good young player, you sign them for as long as you can because the price is only going to go up. Now, it, it's interesting. Like, I had someone from a team tell me, and another person backed this up, that when it comes to the cap, you know, the I think the, the Players Association, some of the agents are hopeful it'll be a million this year, and then it'll go up. Some of the teams tell me they're hearing it's going to be a million this year go up, then the cap will go up another million next year, and then we'll get a bump. So we'll see what turns out. What that says to me is at some point the league and the players are going to have to have a conversation about this, about what they're going to do. But I think Dallas could do a long-term deal now with their cap space, especially with depending on what they do with uh, Hudobin. But the problem is that eight times eight, I'm not sure that's going to do it for Jason Robertson anymore. So to me, it still makes more sense with the bridge. I'm not convinced at this point in time Dallas is going to have the ability to do a long-term deal with him. And I'll be honest, if I was Robertson, I'd probably bet on myself. Hmm. You know, if Dallas comes in at eight times nine, for argument's sake, then you probably have to say yes. Yes. You know, I'm not to say that eight times eight is poor money or anything like that, (laughs) but I just think maybe he's been priced out of that range because of some of the deals that have been signed.
1: Uh, Speaking of Dallas, Jim Nill, uh, who had one year remaining on his contract, uh, signs a one-year extension.
0: Yeah, what I think that's, I'm not surprised at that. I, they kind of hinted that that would be the case uh, at the end of uh, next last year. But I still think the, the question is process. You know, what it says to me is they think they can win. They think that Nils put them in a good enough position that they can do well. Mm-hmm. I still think they think about, okay, what's our... What's our succession plan? Who's the next person? Who's the next GM of the Dallas Stars? And I think that's what they're trying to figure out. Is it internal or is it external?
1: So, Elliot, a couple of um, restricted free agent defensemen out there, uh, Rasmus Sandin, Toronto, Nick Haig, Vegas, uh, but not... Sean Durzy, LA anymore.
0: Or Mikey Anderson, who signed uh, on the weekend. Deal, yep. See, that happened like three days ago, and Jeff's got like the memory of a cat. Like, if it doesn't happen the last nine Cats hours. laser pointers. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to my life, man. <laughs> uh, so, Mikey Anderson signed one year just past his qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. And I got the sense that the other three of those guys didn't want to do that. Now, the one thing I wonder about with Anderson that I kind of heard was. I think the Kings had talked to him about a long term deal. I just don't think they had the ability to fit it in. So, what, like, he can now sign an extension on January 1st. And I'm not saying he's signing an extension on January 1st, but one thing I do think is that the Kings have an idea of what a long-term deal for Anderson could potentially look like. So um I think that's I think they punted. Mm-hmm. Uh Dursey does two years at 1.7. He does one, four, and two. Uh and then like if he keeps putting up the numbers he looks like he's going to put up, like that's the future backbone of the of the Kings blue line. Anderson was, Dursey. Yeah, it's it's pretty good.
1: Brand Clark coming too. Brent,
0: they, they had a lot of D. And you know the thing with now I'm always like one down, two down. You think three and four down. Look, we're taping this. It could change at any second. It's uh, Thursday at 11, 10 Vegas time. I don't think these guys wanted to do their qualifying offers. I think they preferred to do a little bit higher. You know, Sandine. Um, I, I got to think he's probably now looking. Like these two deals, like the teams are undoubtedly going to Hagen Sandine and saying this is where we're going. So Sandine, I'm sure, probably wants to get as close to two as he can. Haig, unless it picked up recently, and I'm sure it probably did. I heard it had been pretty quiet. Vegas has and Toronto are tight to the cap, but I guess this is what the market is. But I, I think as many of these guys as possibly wanted to, wanted to avoid just doing their qualifying offers.
1: Uh, and we'll finish up here with Tyler Mott. That's the latest coming out of Wednesday.
0: There's a lot of solid players who have to get PTOs right now. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you, Evan Rodriguez got 2 million for Colorado, and Colorado was looking for another center and 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 they got him. I'd heard Colorado had kind of thought maybe they weren't going to do that, and then they came back to that. And I had some teams tell me that that was a good number for Rodriguez to get considering a lot of guys were signing for PTOs. And people said the same thing to me about uh uh, about Mott that, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys who you would have thought for sure would have gotten 1.35 mm-hmm. or getting PTOs. You know, the one thing about, you know, Rodriguez and Mott, it's, it's interesting. Like both those guys had long-term deals, uh, available to them at the deadline. They chose at the time not to do it. And, you know, they got squeezed. And I think they got good numbers considering where we are now, but it'll it'd be interesting to see where we go in the future. There were a lot of guys who got squeezed. That Ottawa team, I think they're going to be really interesting. I think Mod is a great get for, for Ottawa. It's going to be a fun team to watch. We should also mention Mackenzie Weger. So at the Flames Golf Tournament on Wednesday, he said they're working on something and hope to get it done. I have a feeling that something is going to be around Hampus Lindholm's extension in Boston. If you look at when Lindholm was traded from the Ducks to the Bruins, he signed for eight years at $6.5 I think that that's kind of the general area where the Flames and Uyghur are looking at here.
2: We interrupt this program to bring you a special report.
0: Okay, one more quick insert from the nhl NHLPA media tour in Vegas. Nathan McKinnon. Now, one of the things that we've talked about on the podcast, the possibility becomes the highest paid player in the NHL got a chance to ask him about that. Here, the Pat he is referring to is his agent, Pat Brisson. You've got one more year under your contract. I've heard that it's possible you could end up as the highest paid player in the league. Will you <laughs> end up as the highest paid player? You in have the to league? ask Pat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm hoping we'll get it done pretty soon. And Colorado's the only place I want to be. That's for sure. So... Love Joe and C-Mac. Those guys are great. It's just, you know, a little business, but sorry to not to answer your question, but I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I'm not going to answer you. But what you're saying to me is there's nothing to worry about here. Like, this is on the path to getting done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, myself, Pat, the team, we all have good intentions. There's no bad blood or anything. It's just, it's been a longer process than I thought, I guess. My head, it's like oh, first day I'm eligible, it'll be done, you know. But <laughs> things don't work like that, I guess. But it's okay. I think uh, it should be done shortly. I'm hoping. That's my goal. If not, I guess feeling good. So whatever happens, happens. But
2: now back to our program,
1: Elliot. Before we wrap up, I want to get to a couple of clips from Steve Mayer. Now Steve joins us. It seems at least once a year, sometimes twice, interesting guy to talk to, a lot of ideas, that's his job, he's the executive VP of the NHL, also chief content officer, we go into a lot of things, and we'll present the full interview at a later date, but a couple of things really raise our eyebrows here, one involving an NHL superstar defenseman, and the other involving a game. <laughs>
0: well so a lot of people have been wondering it's it's one of the questions i actually get a lot of my dms is what's up with pk suban and you know as we tape this on wednesday night Subban has not yet announced a decision on uh, where he'll play this year but one thing that has happened is he's uh, reached an agreement with the nhl to work on another entertainment project for them and here is steve mayer with more detail
2: Listen, PK, and we've talked we started talking about players and personalities, and he's always been one that's thought about him himself and, and been comfortable getting out there. You know, so we're we're actually quite excited because we we've been awarded the production at NHL Original Productions to produce PK's Places, which is the Peyton Manning hockey version of Peyton's Places. So Um, We're going to begin production this fall. And when we started and got the job, PK, whether he was playing or not playing, still going to host the show, and we're going to work around his schedule. And actually, the show doesn't air until May of 2024, believe it or not. So we have... So it needs that much pre-production? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. But um, I don't have the the answer but you know we right now as we speak um pk hasn't signed with a team and we're talking to them and his team about his schedule and and how you know how much time he'll be able to dedicate for for our show you know and if he doesn't play we'll have him for more time and he will of course end up on one of the broadcast networks and potentially take your job, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, he, he, uh, dim your light a little bit. Yeah. Just, you know, but you know, and and don't worry. I I wouldn't No, but he, (laughs) I'm already
0: sweating. Yeah. He's,
2: he's great on camera. He's definitely somebody that, you know, and I I could speak to the U S networks that he would be very sought after if he wasn't playing.
0: That's interesting. If you ever watch Peyton's places, it's really good. So I'm I'm curious to see how the league comes up on this. Now the other one, Jeff This is something this is we just wanted to put this in for the sheer comedic value of it. The All Star game this year is in Florida. Oh yeah. And we asked is there anything unique or different that they're gonna do like they did with the Bellagio Fountain there last is. last year in Vegas.
2: And then in Florida, uh we're we're taking over the beach. I mean the uniqueness of that particular All Star Game will be, you know, the sun and the heat meets the ice and the cold. But you know, we're we're literally taking over all of Fort Lauderdale Beach. We're going to do concerts. We're going to do a fanfare, which is typically in a convention center. Going to do it all on the sand, and we're also going to do and bring back the the events that we had in Vegas that so were outside the arena. We're going to do those in Florida. as So with well. the fountain
0: with the Bellagio fountain.
2: Yeah, we're going to, we've got a couple of extremely unique ideas. One is a work in progress that if we pull it off, I think our fans will talk about it for a long time. It involves something that's very Florida, something that is that area, but not beach necessarily. How's that for a clue? And, and it involves an animal. <laughs> A dolphin. No, no, no. A no, Miami don't dolphin? Go, don't go in the water. Don't, I mean, Go in the water, but don't go in the ocean. Come on. Put it this way. I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate alligators into our outside event, and we're getting there you
1: kidding. So there's a moat around the rink.
2: I don't want to get into the details. Someone's got to shoot a puck into an alligator's mouth? <laughs> Put it this way. Put it this way. Elliot is much closer than Jeff. Wow. I mean, these are the kind of things that I think would be fun. There's a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. But um, This that, reminds yeah. me of when I was a Cub Scout.
0: They trained you how to uh, defend yourself against certain animals. And I was like, (laughs) if an alligator attacks me, I'm like eight years old. I'm like, if an alligator attacks me, I'm going to lose. But okay, humor me. (laughs) They said, you're supposed to run in a zigzag. zigzag, And also, the alligator can close its mouth with incredible force, but can't open it. So you have to jump on it when the mouth is closed. Like, I'll get right on that. So it's very interesting that you remember that from when you were eight years old. Oh, I remember lots of stupid stuff. I can't remember the name of my family, but I I can remember (laughs) stuff like what to do when being attacked by an alligator.
2: Yeah, we want to have some fun with this and and other things. We're going to definitely also do something on the beach um, like we did on the strip. It's so iconic. Uh, The creative minds at the NHL are getting together. We're in that process now, but that's the direction we're heading.
0: I have to say, if you do get a skill uh, event where you have to shoot the puck into an alligator's mouth, people will be talking about that for
2: a long time. How about if it was a meat puck? Wow. That's frozen <laughs> meat
1: pucks, Elliot.
2: Frozen meat pucks. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> laughing, <On that> note, <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> on, on that note, I can, I can say nothing more.
1: Well done, Steve.
0: <laughs> Elliot. I want to see it. I really do want to see it. (laughs)
1: Hashtag meat On that, we'll wrap. And remind you once again, the uh, 32 Thoughts tour um, with our friends at Boston Pizza. The locations uh, starting in London, Thursday, September 22nd, the 23rd in Markham, 26th in Kitchener, 27th in Kingston, uh, Thursday, September 29th in Trenton. Uh, On the 2nd, we're in Peterborough. And then on the 6th, we are in Hamilton. 32 Tour, is live as we speak. Taking us out uh, as an artist who embarked on a journey of transformation and self-discovery while surrounded by cascading folk rock, celebratory horns, and lovely piano melodies with strong lyrics. Alex Toth, stage name Toth, teamed up with a talented producer named Noah Georgeson for his latest project. From his latest record, You and Me and Everything, here's Toth with Turnaround on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. Enjoy.
2: Turn around, I should have turned around I know that I will be better someday Turn around, I should have turned around That made me wanna be free someday, I know